This is FNBS. We be vibing in chief. Vibing in chief. We be vibing in chief. Vibing in chief. Pour up some drink. FNBS, Havel J, Special K. This is FN Interviews, and special we have cat. a very special guest. This is going to be a very interesting show. That lady right. on the screen right there is Miss Chong Kim. Chong Kim. And uh, her story is so interesting, so dope. I'm going to let her tell her a little bit, tell y'all a little bit about herself. Chong. Right. Let's hear it. Hi, everyone. How's everyone doing? Um, whenever I tell people my story, I always say jaws that drop. I'm a survivor of human trafficking here in the United States. Mm. I didn't come here by boat. Nope. I didn't come here from a foreign country. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, I was uh, trafficked in 1994 all the way through 1996. I ranked up as a madam. And from that point on, I found my escape. And I rehabilitated my life in 2003, became a speaker, and I've been on Montel, CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, BBC, Huffington Post Live. Wow. And all of that. And my story was made into a film called Eden. Which I need to check out. I'm sorry, I haven't watched it. Okay. And um, and then from that point on, we won seven awards for the film, and now I'm coming out with a scripted TV series called Every Forty Seconds. Awesome, awesome. Oh, speaking of that, yes. Since you brought that up, we want to address that early. The Every Forty Seconds campaign. I've been seeing a little bit of it. Um, explain that a little bit more, so we can know what that's about. So Every Forty Seconds campaign is actually about a stat came from the FBI and missing and exploited children that every 40 seconds a child or youth goes missing in America. That's equivalent to 2,100 children missing per day. Mm. And these oh, are only wow. just recorded incidents. Now Jeez. imagine how many kids are being missing and are not reported. Exactly. And so what I'm doing is I'm creating like a every 40 seconds campaign through the TV series. And through that series, what I plan to do is that every season that we're done with our procedural show, we'll have cast, crew, law enforcement, activists that will be sitting on a panel. So that way the audience can meet their um, their favorite cast and they'll have autograph signs, things like that. But we'll also have a platform to talk about legislature changes and more judicial changes. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, that's great. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, yeah. We're gonna get into a lot more. Um, that's that's who Chong is, in you know, in a nutshell. We're that's gonna a get lot. into a lot. Right? We're gonna get a into lot. a whole bunch. We have a lot of questions, Chong. Um, but before we get into it, how are you doing today? Right. I should have asked you that first, but oh uh, yeah, I see the smile. The smile is popping right. today. Like it. Um, yes. We talked. <laughs> um, just so y'all know, we talked to Chong like maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago, and it's one of the dopest conversations ever. Like this lady is pretty uh pretty detailed. I'm gonna just say that right. she has layers and like I haven't met that many interesting people. <laughs> like what? not that many people shock me in a phone call. 
I feel like you're the perfect porridge. Like, you're just right. Yeah. Like, Ooh. you don't go too far with something. You, like, know when to stop, but you also know how to be funny about it. So it's, like, in a way, it's, like, it's good to hear. It's, yeah. like, you like when you hear stuff that's, like, kind of sad, and I think if someone's funny when they say it, it makes people want to just hear it more and understand it more because that person's saying it and they're not trying to feel bad about it, like, yeah. the whole time. So I think it was this is a good move. This yeah, a good yeah. move. You got, <laughs> you got an uplifting, like, spirit about you. You have a very uplifting spirit. It's very nice. Thank you. But uh, random questions. You know, it's funny. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go, you go, you go. I want people to know, you know, whenever I've been doing public speaking for 15 years, the first five years I was speaking, I was very depressed. Right. I kept crying. I was um, feeling suicidal. And I felt like that wasn't authentically me, if that makes sense. Yeah. I felt like the room wanted to hear the gory details. And I felt like I need to be in that victim mentality. So then I took a break for two weeks. Then I started watching comedy. And yeah. I didn't realize that a lot of the comedians have actually been through abuse themselves. Yeah. Yes. And so they utilize laughter as a way to go through their pain. Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, you know, Perfect. and one of the things I love being about and being on your podcast, I could be blunt and real yeah whereas other radio shows they're like we need you talking about this or this so i'm going to be fucking real today <laughs> yeah oh that's so fucking awesome say, we do what we you know, we do I what we want here you know that you know i'm not this nun i'm not this woman that doesn't like sex or doesn't like you know, uh, vulgar humor. I watch Family Guy. I watch Robot Chicken. Yeah, yeah. I even make fun of myself. You better watch when Robot I Chicken. Do, um, undercover work with the FBI. Some of them will laugh in my ear because I can hear the um, ear pods in my ear. So when I'm doing a transaction, like let's say at an Asian massage parlor, yeah. and I know they're trafficking kids, I will go in there and I'll pretend I'm a madam and I'll be like, Oh, I got a full ghost for you. I <laughs> give me more money, and I give you more ghosts. Yeah. So some of my, my top friends will laugh, and I'm like, guys, this is serious. Right. But it is funny, because at the end of the day, if you don't laugh at the situation, and it doesn't mean that I don't care about the situation, yeah. but you can't always be depressing. You know, right. you can't always uh. be, you know, feeling low and when I do public speaking one of the things I get is people ask me how are you smiling why are you happy and I'm like damn it don't I deserve to be happy not exactly yeah. like it's my time I'm <laughs> right I'm strong right <laughs> you know and I'm not dismissing yeah. other survivors who are not ready to share laughter I know everyone goes through the pace and I want to let people know I'm not dismissing other survivors who are not there yet. Yeah. I think that the healing has no expiration date. But exactly. for me, I felt like, you know, the tractors, the predators, the child molesters, they robbed me from my happiness. Yeah. What, what is wrong with me wanting to gain it back? Hell what right. is wrong with me saying, you know what, damn it, I want to be wealthy. I want to create films that matter but at the same time i want to have fucking fun with it yeah i yeah. want to enjoy life and you know be on a beach in malibu you know have a beach house you know 
That'd be dope. Yeah, yeah. I want I want a beach house too, child. Right. Right. You know, but I I definitely want to encourage and inspire other survivors that there's nothing wrong in laughing laughter. There's nothing wrong in making fun of yourself. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're less of a human. It doesn't mean that you're not a social activist. Right. And I, right. to me, I think this whole PC is getting a little out of hand. Oh hell yeah! PC is so getting PC. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, me being a woman, I went to go speak in California, and there was a guy, after he heard the horrific stories, and he was raising his hand, the way he was raising his hand, he was like, slowly raising it, and I was like, yes, sir. Wow. He was like, so, do you date? So I leaned over on the podium, and I said, I love making love to a man. <laughs> <laughs> everyone jumped out. They're like, yeah. Well, that's dope. Oh, and then that's dope. So some of the people there, they're like, like that. I don't yeah. understand. Why would you want to be with a man after everything what you went through? And I said, let me get this straight. Men did not do this to me. Yeah. They were monsters. They were predators. Let's call them for what they are. Yeah. Because yeah. real men do not abuse. Real men do not beat. Right. Real men do not exploit. And buy children and girls. God damn it. And I said, right. there's also female Shit. predators out there. Love that. Let's <laughs> check this out. <laughs> there's also female predators. Yes. I'm all about equality on all levels, including other genders. I don't believe in gender bias. I don't believe in the male hating mentality. If you're going to male bash men, <coughs> get off my page. Right. I'm not yeah. the one. Yeah. Because. If you want to get mad for for men catcalling you, then you need to quit catcalling men. Yeah, yeah, it's that pot calling you know, the kettle right? black. And, and that's no, my stance. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm just the hundred exactly the same. Like I feel like everyone, you can't even like just to judge anyone right off the cover. It's like I've met so many different types of people that I would never have expected. That it's just to the point where yeah. I'm like, I can never do it to anybody. I can't ever put them in a stereotype right away. And I swear, anytime I feel like lately now that I've ever stereotyped anybody, the opposite has happened. Yeah. And then yeah. I'm even more guilty on myself. Yeah. Like, up to the point, I'm like, see, that's what you get. Like, that's what you get. Mm-hmm. You just got to change for you. And it's just like, and that's my mind just going crazy how people can just automatically think things. Yeah. And I, I think, like, you being able to smile after what you went through and people looking like, oh, my God. It's like, for one, they haven't went through that shit. You know what I mean? So they have mm-hmm. no idea. But I think that's exactly. just that's that's strength. You know yeah, what I mean? That's like, like super strength. That's like to go through what you went through. And we gonna we gonna get into it, guys. This is FNBS. You know we rabble. This is what we do. Um you rabble. But I think that's that's definite strength where you can go through something like that and find a reason to smile. And at the same time, from my experience of just nothing that serious, but just like in shit in your life that's super bad. Like, it builds a different part of your character. Yeah. You know what I mean? It gives you that perspective, like, okay, I might be here, but God damn it, I was there. I know how bad it can be. I should be smiling right now. <laughs> you I, I know what I mean? also like, have, like, a small understanding for, like, things could have even been worse, too. Like, yeah. In a way. You're like, yeah. I know things could have even been worse for me, and I know, like, things I've gotten lucky in a way. I Like, it's, I don't know, it's almost pure, like, in a way. Yeah. Like, and then the whole idea of comedy. Yeah. Like, I 100% think comedy is a skill you learn, and you only learn it after going through suffering. Yeah. It, because you have to learn to laugh to be happy again. Bro, the saying, and, the saying tears of a clown, bro. Like, it's crazy. It's, like, 
the pain, the pain gives you all that. You know what it I mean? Does. But Chong, we're gonna get into it a little bit. We don't wanna get into it too deep. But we do have some questions. I'm sure the fans wanna know the whole situation. Um so let's start at the beginning with it. You said mm-hmm. ni- 1994. Okay. Without without anything crossing any lines, how did the situation <laughs> start, if that's okay to ask? That's fine. Um, a little background. I did grow with abuse in my home. So okay. that made me vulnerable to falling into these type of scenarios. Right. Two, I didn't have any self-esteem. I thought I was ugly. I thought nobody wanted to be with me. I went to a, I hate to say this, but a very rural Oklahoma town yeah. where I was the only minority. And so all the guys I had a crush on, they're like, ooh, I don't want to be around a chink. Yeah. I didn't know what that was. And so with that, I felt like nobody wanted to be with me. So in 1994, I went to a country bar. And I met this guy who was actually wearing a Marine uniform, but he bought his uniform from an Army surplus store. Oh, shit. So I never knew that he was wow. really in the military. Right. And so, you know, he looked like one of those soap opera guys with the dimples and the blue eyes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and so, but one of the things I didn't catch on back then, that was a red flag. He never talked about himself. He always wanted to come over to my place, and I never got to see where he lived. Mm. That's a red flag. Pay attention. And oh, so yeah. I didn't yeah. think about that during that time. He was like, hey, I like everything you like. And I thought that was a perfect relationship. I was like, well, I like pink. He's like, I like pink, too. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what a sensitive guy. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> so, you want to be know, accepted, though. Uh, like like you yeah. said, you were, you were already had that. Which a lot of people have. You already had that like self-esteem thing, so a motherfucker gonna tell you everything you wanna hear. And but you never you get know? told what to watch out for. Like what you're basically telling people to do. People don't tell you as a younger person, yeah. like, hey, red flags, like things like these. You don't like know. you do not know that yeah. as a person. Like, like you just don't get taught that. Everybody exactly. pay attention. If you're listening, pay attention. Continue, Tom Chong. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so we did it for two weeks. He was already saying, I love you. You're precious to me. You're amazing. And I believed everything he said. Then he said, I want to take you to Florida to meet my parents. So when I asked my girlfriend, even my peers didn't know the red flag. Yeah. Because yep. to them, it's all about he was good looking. They're like, girl, he's cute. Go. <laughs> so it didn't matter right. what the guy looked like as long as he was cute. They were like, hey, go for it. Ever heard of the old saying, if you're good looking, then, you know, if you're good looking, it's amazing. But if you're ugly, then it's sexual harassment. Yeah. No, and that shit doesn't fly. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big thing, though. That, nah, that's yeah. definitely the social standard. Yeah. It's, it's something definitely misunderstood. <laughs> like real shit, bro. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chong. Exactly. So... I didn't end up in Florida. I ended up in Nevada on the Indian reservation, and that's where I was trafficked. He sold me off to one of the Albanian or Russian um, organized crimes. Mm. And so I never saw him again. I have a book called Broken Silence. It's a lot more detailed. And so they can go to my website to order the book to learn more about it, the, the details. But 
Right. One of the things I want to say is when I was trafficked on an Indian reservation, a lot of people don't realize that even to this day, FBI cannot go on a reservation without the reservation co um, cooperating with them. I didn't know that. And so now American um, groups are being aware about human trafficking on the reservation, so now they're opening up to collaborating. But mm. while I was trafficked, if you see the movie Eden, one of the things you'll notice is that when Eden breaks up, they still send her back to the warehouse. That wasn't like that in my real life. Right. When I ramped up, they removed me from the warehouse that was on the Indian reservation, and they brought me into the uh, casinos. Mm. And when I was in the casino, interesting during shit. that time, and uh, when I became a madam, my mindset was I need to find a way to get out. Little did I know that when I became a madam, the traffickers wanted to make sure that I wasn't just going to run off. So they had set up kind of like an in initiation when they do with gang members. Yeah. Like if you really want to be a blood or you really want to be in a gang, then you got to go shoot somebody. Yeah. Well, in the trafficking ring, they're no different. So they're like, if we want to show your loyalty, then we need to see you traffic some girls. So I will admit, yes, I had to traffic some girls. Yeah. I hated it. But it was the only way that in my mind, I felt I had to show my loyalty. So that way they would scale back the distrust in me. Right. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Oh, disappear for a second. Okay. Oh, <laughs> there you are. Right, you're fine. And right. so um, I had to call in, so I had to decline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what happened was when I was a madam, once I got training and they taught me how to hunt, so I know how predators think now. They taught me what to look for. They would even tell me we would park across the street from a playground. And he would say, what kid would you pick? So I thought it was the boisterous little girl that would be like, oh, I want to be popular. Everything is all about me, 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 me. So I said, I would pick that girl. He said, wrong. Pick the you shy person. You want to get the kid yeah. that's the quiet. You want to get the kid that gets bullied a lot because then it's easier to groom them. Yeah. Because they don't have any time. It works the, the same way in the streets. It works the exact same way in the streets with gangs and young dope boys, yeah. everything. They pick the most disenchanted motherfuckers and put them to work. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And so I remember one time there was this young girl, and I was a madam. She was a minor. I'm not going to specify her age, but I remember she brought me to her home. Back then, I remember her mom was so nice to me. She was glad that I was spending time with her daughter. She didn't ask me, where are you from? What school do you go to? Mm, like genuine friendly. Like the mom that. didn't ask. Exactly. And there were times the mom would even ask me that she wants to go out with her friends. Can I watch her daughter? And I said, yeah. Damn. So a lot of the parents don't realize how many times you are sending your kids to a predator. Yep. on a silver platter. Mm, mm, mm. And so when I duped her, I let her drive around the Corvette I was driving, even though it belonged to the traffickers. The trafficker was watching me grooming her. Yeah. You know, I would tell her, you know what, you're so pretty, you can be a model. Have you thought about being a model? And she's like, really? I can be a model? Jesus. And I was oh, like, of jeez. course, you're beautiful. 
you know, and I used to say, oh, you know, show them what God gave you, show your body, things like that. And then I would share, you know, smoking weed with her, then I would get her into narcotics, into cocaine, I would lace weed with primos. Hot spots. Well, you got to got to like weaken the mind a little bit, huh? Call back in the nineties. Yeah. You know, and so once I was able to get her trust, and then I also found out that the parents also had financial issues, so that oh. became my um, my priority to give them money to start luring their daughter away, saying, "Hey, I can put your daughter into a modeling career, things like that." And the mom would be like, oh, that's great. Do you think they can pay her early? Because we have some bills to take care of. Jeez. This Absolutely. all makes so much logical sense to me. Right, I don't know why, like, why it's working and everything. All right. Let me ask, let me ask two questions, Chong, before you continue. Okay. Um, I don't know which one to start with first. Because, like, this is crazy to me. But what is, what is your mind state like? Are you are you like During that time? Yeah, are you literally just in survival mode? Yeah, are you like fueled by fear? Is yes. It... I was snorting nine lines of cocaine every other hour. Because right. I could not concept the reality of what I was doing. How? I yeah, I think like that puts you more in a yeah. Using, I didn't want to face reality. And in my mind I thought if I don't do it, someone is going to do it to her. Someone is going to be a lot more violent and aggressive to her. Yeah, right. And I like how you're to saying this that. day, I still have nightmares. I still have insomnia. I can still see the faces that I, the girls I trafficked and the girls I couldn't save. Yeah. And I've had people say, you know, you're disgusting because of what you did. But They've never been put in that scenario in ever. And yeah. you were trafficked. What would you have done differently? Yeah. And that's the thing that people don't get because it is Stockholm syndrome. It's brainwashing, and honestly, 25 years ago, I would never have thought I would ever yeah. get to escape. I literally thought I was going to die. You're going with absolutely no knowledge of how it works. They were going to kill me. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the scariest thing, going anywhere and having literally no knowledge of what's going on or how it works. Yeah, man. You pretty much did, like, the best, like, survival tactic possible being... Just, hey, let me just figure it out before I do anything. That's like the biblical definition of can't beat them, join them. In a way, yeah. Like, like, or like, let me understand my scenario before doing something stupid. Like, yeah, it's, it's patience. Like, you have the idea of patience. That's all you can do. You know what I mean? But, and my, my, my other question, though, before I forget, um, the madam thing. Now, mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm just, I'm, and I'm only asking from just a criminal hierarchy. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah, I'm, like, I'm just curious, the like, the criminal hierarchy thing, like, how do they do? How do they make the decision? Like, how do they make the decision for you to be a madam? Like, and if that's too much, you don't have to answer it. Of course, all respect. No, no, that's fine. I actually approached them. Oh shit! Okay. Because one of the, I approached them because I want to get out of the warehouse. Mm. I want to get out of the day-to-day -day abuse. Smart so I woman. Figured, I was gonna say survivable smarts. Exactly. I had to. So basically, I had to strategize my escape. Even if that meant I had to be chameleon and pretend that I was, and I knew the traffickers weren't looking for sex. Yeah. Everything was about profit motive. So I said, you get me, who are manning your phones? I asked them that. They said, all of our men. No, you don't need men to man your phones. Right. You need a woman to man your phones. So I had to talk to them like I knew what was going on. Yeah. I had to talk to them as if I knew how to run 
Like, hey, I'm so. smarter than you already. And this I shit. had never done it before, but I had to think like a woman, not like a man. How long? And because I did do law enforcement training before I was trafficked, I yeah. knew what law enforcement would look for. So if they're calling, pretending to be a John, and you got a man answering the phone, selling women, that's a red flag. That means the cops are on you. Yeah. But if you have a woman answering the phone, saying, hi, this is escort service, what would you like? We can send a lady out to you to be your companion. Yeah. Because all of that is legal. Mm. And people don't realize that. Yeah. Because no, it's considered an LLC. Crazy. It's smart an shit. actual business. Wow. And so I told them, I said, let me man the phones because I know what they're allowed to say and what they're not allowed to say. Yeah. So, for example, there was a guy that called and I said, welcome to Seductive Secrets. How can we help you? And he said, well, I want a woman to give me oral. And I said, I'm sorry, we're not a sex industry. And I would hang up. Just in case the cops were tapping our phones. We can't talk about that stuff. And that's how I knew he wasn't a regular either. Yeah. Because all of our regular uh, yeah, wording's CEO, everything. the corrupted officials, some of them were celebrities. Mm. Some of them were some of them were also from the professional wrestling. They would call us up, pay ten thousand dollars an hour for a beautiful girl to wrap her arms around a famous wrestler. That's not surprising. So I'm not saying any names because yeah, no. I don't want to get in trouble or anything but you see those hot girls that walk down the ramp on the ufc or on the wwe or the law yeah. they know where those girls came from yeah and those girls are not the female wrestlers mm. and so our escort service were being called interesting as fuck so wow. i was manning the, the legal age once i ranked up i got to man the legal side i mean the legal age uh, escort service. Yeah. Now, this is what I did. This is another manipulation that people didn't realize. Well, I didn't trust my girls. I didn't care if they were 18 and over. I didn't trust them because some of the girls, they would try to get the clients all for themselves because there's a 40-60 split. Mm. So they would make 60% of the calls I would provide for them. They had to pay me 40%. Some of the girls would give their number to the Johns so that way they can keep 100%. So the way I had to check them, so back then, and it's funny because I was in my 19, 20 years old at the time, I would drive around fast food restaurants in the drive-thrus, and I would see who was the young kid that would be made the windows for the drive-thrus. So then what I would do is I would drop a little, uh, you know, a weed in there, to see if he wanted more. Yeah. Because I wanted to test him. That's and smart so as when fuck. When I come back and I'll say, hey, is, um, is Tommy here? They're like, hey, Tommy. And I said, did you like that gift I dropped for you? And he was like, yeah. Tommy so loved if it. If you want more of that, I can provide you a business. And he said, okay. And, and what I did was I would take these young guys and I said, you have to be able to have a driver's license. Or if you don't, I can help you get a driver's license, but you have to know how to drive. Yeah. And you're like, I can do that. What do you want me to do? So I would pay them to drive my girls to the calls, and they would be the one to tell me what goes down. Mm. So they would say, hey, this girl, Raina, she gave her number to old boy. And I'd be like, thank you. <laughs> and I would handle old girl, and I'd bring her in the front in front of all my other girls. And I'd bring two gorilla pimps and watch them beat the crap out of her. 
Yeah. Because it was about principle. You don't give out your number to any of my clients that I provide for you. And in Vegas, what happened in Vegas, and now I feel like I'm saying a commercial, what happened in Vegas stays in Vegas. But in a high-end escort service, I made sure that the girls look like Playboy models. They yeah. were making anywhere between five to 10000 per hour. Jesus and that's not Christ. including sexual services. So if the clients wanted Jeez. sexual services, we would have the client sign a document saying that we are not responsible for what goes on between him and the girl. That way it freed us from promoting sexual services. Also smart. Yeah, no, it's like covering your back doors or something like that. Um, Chong, you said I heard you say nineteen twenty. I wanna how old were you when how old were you in ninety four when it happened? If that's that's a rude question in general. Nineteen. Okay, and how long nineteen however, when I was trafficked, they sold me as a thirteen year old Japanese girl. Oh wow. They sold me Chinese, Japanese, Filipino, even some of them. They thought I was Native American. All I had to do is just be quiet and not say a word. How long? Knowing that these adult men were seeing a 13-year-old child made me want to puke. Because they would look at me and they're like, thank you for seeing me. My wife would get upset. Oh, my God. They're like, oh, you're fresh meat. There's some disgusting motherfuckers. All right. That's fine. How long how long did it take you into this to to make that play, the madam play? How long did it take you into it to be like, all right, I'm gonna be more I'm gonna be more pro fucking active in I actually don't know the exact timeline, but I would say somewhere between um three to six months. But it felt like forever. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It could be longer than six months because when you're being held in a warehouse, you don't have a clock, you don't have a window. So even if you're there for 24 hours, being held in there, it feels like a week. Of course. Yeah. You don't know what the timing is. Jesus Christ. And so that's the hardest part. They did a research with two police officers that were sitting in isolation in jail, and they it was only one week that they both got to sit in there. One was sitting in G-Pop, the other one was in isolation. So when they interviewed both cops, the cop that was in isolation, he developed complex PTSD. Mm. Damn. And so people don't realize the psychological damage that does to you when you're being held in a room with no window, no timing, and you're Yeah, it's like driving you crazy. Like, do you even bother thinking about time at that point? I think that would just drive you more crazy thinking about time. Like, how long have I been in here? And then just would eat you alive in a way. Yeah. All right. So, sorry, Sean. But uh, when, so into this, it was 94 to 96. Um, Was there a point ever where you knew you had an out in this shit? Was there a point where you felt like, okay, I can get, I can get away? There were multiple times I thought about that, but I also immediately brushed it off. Yeah. Because I was looking at, I was observing all the people that were connected with this, from politicians, celebrities, judicial officials, and I was like, I'm fucked. There's no way I can ever get out. But Mm. when I found out I was pregnant, 
that became my source of determination. Yeah. Because I didn't want this happening to my child. Right. Yeah. Because people don't that. realize that there's a baby farm that traffickers are using to pregnant girls. And then once the girls are pregnant and they have their babies, they take their babies away. Then they make the girls work again. But then they raise the babies. They put them up in black market adoption or they recycle them back into the sex industry for infants, toddlers, and small children. God for damn. Yeah, that's, wow. fucking, that's fucking sickening. So you're saying, you're right, listen, pay attention and be when careful. When I knew that, Jesus Christ. I, couldn't, I couldn't stay. Now, if I had never been pregnant, I probably would have stayed longer. Because that by then, I was already addicted to the drugs, so I needed the money to supply my habit. Yeah. I was into cocaine, meth, um, crack, heroin, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've been nine, 18 years clean. That's yeah. impressive. That, that, that's fucking, no, that's, that's beautiful. Congratulations on that. But I mean. Thank you. I can understand that because I'm pretty sure all that shit was a coping mechanism. Like. In a way, yeah, yeah just to like. Get away from the fucking fuckery of it. Kind of to numb the whole thought. Yeah. Like, um, but next question. Like, I, I want to ask so many questions, but I don't want to cross any lines. <laughs> so I'm going to ask this one. Um, okay. And I don't want to take all the. Especially, can you have anything you want to ask before I get into this next one? Now you can go first. Okay. Um. So you escaped, and that's fucking dope. Um. And before I even ask my 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 general question, I was gonna ask, what is what is like? I'm sure you've done research. You know a lot about this shit. How likely is it that people actually get away from that? Um. It's not very likely. Yeah. Because most victims, actually, some of them end up becoming a female trafficker as well. Some of them end up killing their, their traffickers or pimps, and then they get tried in court as a murderer Would instead you... of looking at it from her point of view. Oh, yeah, like a self-defense. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's either you either join them or you kill them. And either way, it's, it's like damned if you do and damned if you don't. Yeah. If you try to get out as a victim, most of the time they get killed. If they do successfully get out, now if they don't get any healing or any proper rescue, then a lot of times they don't live after seven years. Seven years means starvation to drug addiction, overdose, suicide. Mm. I mean, I can see drug addiction being like the number one instantly. All those makes yeah. all those make sense. Like, you're not given any conditions to live any other kind of fucking life, though. Yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? It's the and the sad part is, the hardest part about surviving after this is the aftermath. Because most of the girls who have been trafficked also has a felony record. So we can't get a job. We can't get housing. We can't get on welfare. So what other option do we have but to go back in the sex industry? Yeah. And have to sell ourselves to survive. And that's the part that, that the system and the advocacy system, advocate, advocacy system is not understanding. Because we get so many women, and there are, I was an adult, I wasn't a minor. So when they came out with a safe harbor law, they gave benefits to minors that were trafficked. There's not, nothing for me. I was 19 years old, so they see that as, well, 
you are an adult, so you choose. No, I choose to survive. I choose to stay alive. Even if that meant I had to be the very thing that I hated, yeah. but I had to do what I had to do. And for years, I used to carry the guilt and shame of what I went through. But then I realized, you know what? I know everything about the illicit trade. And so when the FBI started contacting me and saying, we need your help, I was like, well, damn, they're going to listen to me. Yeah. So I told them, this is what you need to look out for. Yeah. I, mean, I want to get into and that, too. And so I always That's... tell them, you know, be careful because even with commercial real estate, they're making money under the table for selling kids and girls. Jesus. And boys get trafficked as well. I want people to know that. Yeah. That labor trafficking is not an international yeah, I would say it being just an international issue. So let's say you got a 60-year-old kid that got a murder rap, and he gets out of juvie at the age of 18. Well, he's got a felony and a murder sheet. Yeah. Who's going to hire him no for one. a job? No so one. if I'm a madam and I see that 17-year-old uh, kid, I'm going to come to him, and I'm going to say, do you know how to drive? Yes, ma'am. Well, guess what? I've got that muscle car right there. I'll teach you how to drive a stick shift. I need you to take that car across state lines. Mm-hmm. What the kid did not realize, when I tell him, I'm going to pay you $50,000 to take this car from Texas to Arizona, and you're going to meet my guy there, and he's going to pay you another fifty. The only rule I want you to follow, whatever you do, do not look in the trunk. Mm-hmm. If you do, then we will have to cut off any of your fingers. Yeah. So what he does is he takes the car, takes it to Arizona. Well, guess what? What he didn't realize is that he transported a body yeah. of a minor. So when the cops pull him over, he gets busted. We don't. Yeah. So, so- a lot of people don't realize how traffickers and pimps utilize young teenagers to do their dirty work as well. And, and they would they wouldn't they know enough to even say like that person got caught, they wouldn't even know enough to even be like, Well wait, this lady called me and said this is like it wouldn't that wouldn't yeah. lead anywhere. Fifty thousand dollars to a kid yeah. too is like fifty thousand dollars to treasure any chest. fucking body, bro. You're like, holy fuck. I feel like if you make two hundred and fifty K a year and a motherfucker come out of nowhere and give you drive 50K, a car. You want me to drive a car? I just got out of jail. Ain't too many people All saying right. no to fifty K. And you're giving me the car? Okay. Your values have to be at a hundred thousand to walk away from fifty K, no matter the upbringing or anything. So like you said, yeah. a kid is gonna fucking That's without a fucking question. Yeah. <laughs> that's there's no doubt about that. That's fucking insane, but that's how it works, I guess. But and that, yeah, like I it's said, all about manipulation. Yeah. It's all about manipulation. Yeah, everybody because got their price too. Profit motive is all about getting the money and doing what they need to do to get to their next destination. And yeah. that means they'll use anybody, boys, girls, kids, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So that they seem vulnerable. Did you ever get any did you ever get busted at all during this whole situation as your madam? As as a madam? Oh, I had cops bust me, but all I had to do is call my trafficker and everything would be erased. Mm. Well, you said it was cool. Would it be like instant too? Like, you're okay to go? Like, you make that phone call within 10 minutes? Boom. That's crazy. That's insane. That's, that's, that's crazy. That's real well, organized. the thing was, back then, they actually gave me an idea. had my picture on it. <clears throat> But it wasn't my information. 
So whenever the cop would run my ID, guess what? My trafficker knew about it. It would mm. ping to him. He would somehow find out. Then this guy would come into the interrogation room. I didn't know who he was. He said, I'm your attorney. And yeah. I said, okay. Probably some badass attorney, too. Me, he said, if you ever get caught, don't say anything. My trafficker trained him. If you ever get caught, don't say anything. Don't panic. Just sit there. I'm going to send someone to you. Yeah. So every time I got busted, there was this guy that would come. And every time I got busted, there would always be a different guy to come in and pick me up. That's uh, that's real organized crime right there. God damn. When they picked you up too, was it like it was a thing? Like people got to the point like, all right, nice meeting you. See you. Have a good night. <laughs> like that was it. <laughs> exactly. But what what many people didn't realize is that my right. trafficker literally had a list of all the judges, DAs, def- public defenders that were into kitty porn. <laughs> so he would say, hey, my girl is in jail. I'm going to release all the footage. Oh, blackmail. Some yeah. little kid giving you a Hummer unless you bail my girl out. Yeah. And that's, that's how it comes down. Blackmail is worth more than any amount of dollars. It really is. If you're a person of power, I w- the, your only concern, and if, especially if you're doing dirt, your only concern is what the fuck's in your closet. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the first thing you're worried. Like, you guys, the kid crossing the border before. Now it's it's like, hey, now we want to look at your closet that type thing. You're like, yeah. all right, you can do what I'll do whatever you want. That money, that money shit is bracket oriented. It's like once you pass a certain amount of riches, you're untouchable to an extent. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But all right, John, I got another question. We see you're here. You're free. You're not in that bullshit anymore. We're all happy about that for sure. How Thank the fuck? You. How the fuck did you get away? How did like how how did how did you escape? When I was strategizing my escape, it didn't it wasn't a one night situation. Yeah. So when I was looking at the thermostat, I was looking at the vents, and I remember when I was a kid, I was watching James Bond with my dad. And at that time, I was less than a hundred pounds, and mm. so I wanted to know. So I was talking to the maintenance guy. Well, to be blunt. I was basically seducing the maintenance guy yeah. so I could learn every avenue of how to get out, what vents should I go to, which one should I not go to, and he would give me all the details. He would yeah. show me the blueprint. This is where you're at. You need to get to here. Yeah. And so from that point on, so I actually crawled through a vent. As crazy as people may think it is, I don't care. You weren't there. You don't know what it's like when you only have seconds to get the fuck out. Yeah. You will do whatever it takes. You will do whatever it takes to get out. Because I knew if I got caught, I was either going to be dead, I was going to be brutalized, or I was going to lose a body part. Mm. And me being pregnant, I could not let them know I had a baby either. Yeah. Yeah. I had to do what I had to do, so I went out through a vent, and then from the vent, I fell into one of the other rooms, then I went through the laundry chute, and then from the laundry chute, that's when I got out. When a guy pulled up, I remember he was one of the Johns, so I spoke broken English. I said, oh, hello, you know, you want to have a good time? I give you a good time. You get, uh, I give in your car. You like that oriental woman? You know, I, I give you a good time. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. 
So I got in the car, we went down the alley, I took off my stiletto heel, and I bashed him over the head. Yeah. And let me tell you, he did not die because a year later he tried to charge me yeah. for a first-degree assault. Mm. But that's how I got away. I took his car, I drove off, then I jumped his car, and the rest of the way I hitchhiked. And I was in stiletto heels, and I was in a lingerie dress. Yeah. And then I stopped at this corner store, I saw this kid, he was in there, and he just looked at me, and I was, you know, it was kind of like those corner stores that have, like, shirts and T-shirts that yeah. they sell there, like a tourist. And so I saw these two big guys that were one of the bodyguards for the trafficker. They came into the store. And so the kid looked at me, and I was hiding inside the um, clothing area. Yeah. And they were looking around. They were walking around. They asked me, have you seen a short little Asian girl? And he said, no. And they're like, okay, and they walked out. When they walked out, the guy said, man, they're, they're gone. And he said, you're safe now. If he would have snitched on me or told on me, that would have been the end of it. Yeah, it's like me. the perfect person. So yeah, in bro. some essence, I believe that there is a God out there because there are certain things I went through that is unexplainable. Does that make sense? And yeah, ever since yeah. there's good people so in a way, too. You know, he saw bruises on me. He said, are you okay? And I was like, I'm okay. He said, do you want me to call the police? And I was like, no, because my boyfriend is the police. Yeah. I had to say it that way because I was afraid that the cops got called, then the traffickers would be pinged. I didn't know who knew the trafficker, and I wasn't going to take that risk. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, yeah, it makes perfect sense. So that's how I got away. And from that point on, I didn't have an ID. I didn't have anything. So, from that point on, I continued the life of crime. I did small thefts. I, you know, used to take money from churches. And in my mind, at, back then, I was like, you know what? This is about survival. I didn't care anymore. Who, if anybody got in my way, I would do whatever I had to do to, right. to feed myself, to sleep, to find a place to sleep. I even prostituted myself to survive. Right, right. I mean, you had to use the tools, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, I mean, it's the tools yeah. you know in a way, too. So, um, wait, wait, wait. No, go ahead. well, I mean, just just seeing the kid in the whole store and be able to hide. It also is like, it's the perfect opportunity, too, like when you're just going through a bunch of shit and have some completely random person show you, like, a good sign of faith where you're really like, yes. why? This person had no reason to do this. Like, this person just literally cost, risked their life in a way. They have no idea what they did just so they could help me. Yeah. I'm sure. And, and before he's even asking, like, hey, should I do this? They ask you before they even call something. They don't try to be the hero. They just try to understand a scenario. Yeah. And I think that's the best kind of people. Yeah, yeah that's that's the whole game changer. Yeah, like he that one person just changed everything. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, what was my question? Um so I you got you got away and you had to do what you had to do. You know what I mean? I don't blame you for that. Um I guess my question would be What's what's your what's your what's your goal then? Can you know what I mean? Because I know you had the family life thing. You know you didn't really have, like, I don't know if you had things to go back to. But what was, where were you trying to get to? You were already free. You were out, and you were doing what you had to do. What was your next move after that? Uh, just start. Just guess, survival. Start, yeah, yeah. starting over. Just survival because I had no idea where my life was going to go. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't imagine. <coughs> I didn't imagine I was going to speak. I didn't know how long I was going to continue 
um, self-prostitution yeah. to survive. Because I honestly had no one. But through my journey, I had people, strangers, that became my friends, that became my new family. It's always, um, always there times right. I would hide in a closet. They would help me out. They would, you know, I remember this one guy named uh, Junior, who went by Junior, and he was one who let me stay in the projects. He yeah. would tell his friends that I was cool. And so all the women, they opened their doors for me. They're like, okay, you're a female. Come and join us in the kitchen. I got to learn how to make collard greens. Yeah, um, hell yeah. yeah. Um, boiled cabbage, buttermilk biscuit. I oh, mean, everything shit. like that. And so... When I stayed in the project, <laughs> I felt more safe than I was anywhere else. Yeah. Because I knew, one, they weren't going to call the cops on me. They weren't going to. They didn't ask me where I came from. Yeah, we they weren't that. in my business. Yeah, they were just like, hey, you're one of us. You know, we're going to protect you. But at the same time, I didn't want to put their life at risk. So I didn't stay very long. Yeah. So I would leave. Then I would have people from church. That offered a place to stay, that helped me out, that fought for me. Then I would meet different people, an old lady that offered her home to me. She let me stay with her. But every person I came across when I was traveling, I ne none of them knew me as Chong. Yeah. I never told my real name because I didn't want them to get in trouble. Right. So right. when I was at the project, I would say, oh, no, my name is Tiffany. Because yeah. I was with old lady, I told her my name is Stacy. If I was with church people, I would say my name is so and so. Yeah. Because I didn't want people to know. Now there were some people that ended up knowing my name because sometimes I slept, and they're like, "Oh, your name is Kim or Chong or things like that." And so, but after a while, when I became a mother again, because remember I had the I was pregnant when yeah. I left my truck. Right? Yep. Well, I placed my daughter for adoption. Okay. And so when I placed her for adoption, then I became a mother again. I had a son. Okay. And so during the process from my estate until after my son was born, I lost friends that were supposedly through suicide or overdose that I know that the traffickers came after. Yeah. So I got angry. I had to find a way to survive and to still be above water. So when I moved out to Minnesota, I became an advocate for domestic violence. That's when they introduced the terminology human trafficking. Mm. So then I was like, hey, that happened to me. And they're like, no, it only happens to foreign women. And I was like, excuse me? That's not true. Yeah. So that's when that changed my life completely. Because wow. when I mentioned that I was a survivor, I got to go on Montel, CNBC, MSNBC. Yeah. The next thing I knew, because I was on these TV shows, that's when a production company in Los Angeles reached out to me and said, we want to do a story about you. I didn't think it was going to happen. But then when we made the film, we won seven awards. But I didn't think I made any difference because everyone was all about Jamie Chung, the actress. Yeah. So I was getting letters and emails and messengers and friend requests People were asking me, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. And mom, dad, brothers, uncle, my sister went missing. My brother went missing. Can you help me? So that's when I realized the impact that I made. And I didn't want to stop. I wanted to help people. Yeah. But then I started realizing, yeah. well, I can't help them if I'm currently broke. 
I can't help them, you know, because they don't have money. So I thought, well, how can I help them on a bigger platform? And that's when I came up with the idea to come out with a procedural TV series. Yeah. And so when I do undercover operations or whenever I get to consult on a case, I still have friends that are felons. I still have friends that used to be in a gang. Yeah. I still have yeah. friends that, that were pimps or still pimps. And, and this is the crazy part. Some of my friends that are pimps, they will say, well, I don't believe in selling kids. So if you need help in finding another pimp that uses kids, I'll go help you find him. Wow. And they do. And I would tell the, the FBI or the law enforcement, if you want to know where I get my information, don't ask. Yeah. Because the people that give me the information, they're still in the life, and I need their trust. Yeah. How did because you, how, you won't tell me where to find that pimp. Yeah. How did you end up, like, doing the so, FBI, FBI thing? Did they come to you? Yes. Oh, okay. They came to me when they heard me speak and share my story. Okay. Hell yeah. And they said, we want to learn the organized level of crime. And I said, absolutely. Yeah, hell yeah. Did you ever think at like some points during the whole journey, like you met people kind of in a way, like in the same scenario situation where you're like, you kind of talk to them and instantly you're, they're like, hey, we're doing the same thing you're doing. Like we're just fitting in for right now. Like we were put in the same position. We're kind of just surviving. And they were actually kind of like in a way good people, but they were just put in that spot. And so they were just playing that role. In the trafficking role? Yeah, like in the whole trafficking role, like you would maybe beat anybody else who was just literally there just trying to survive in a way it would feel like. Or just someone just going through a same yeah. scenario. Some of, them, some of the victims were there to survive, and some of the victims didn't care anymore. Mm. They're like, what's uh. the use of surviving? There's no such thing as freedom. They didn't want to leave. You know, just like what Harry Tubman said, you know, if I could save more slaves if they would allow me to, because some of the slaves didn't want to leave. Yeah. Because they were conditioned that, hey, right. I got my three square meals. I'm conditioned. And I was at that point at one time in my life. Yeah. But after seeing so many kids being brutalized, raped, and killed, I was like, I can't take this anymore. Yeah. This is, this, I can't do this anymore. And that's what motivated me to strategize my escape. Mm. Damn. That's insane. Okay, so... With all that, you got free helping you helping the FBI. You're speaking to people, making making a change. And uh, I did do a little research. I saw a few of the the old magazine articles with you and the Ch- the Jenny Jenny Chung, right? Is that her name? Yes. I like, she was I, on Hangover Two. Yeah, I, I saw like you know the article with y'all on the cover. That was super dope. Um, and I saw a lot of different things. I saw the Montel situation. Um, what was my question? I forgot. Damn it. But no, uh, <laughs> that happens. But with all with all this going on, um, how long did it take you to get to where you are now? Like the person I talked to on the phone, that's just you know living life and embracing it. happy as shit. And I'm gonna ask you a few more stories, you know, about relationships and shit like that. But how long did it take you to get to this point? Like, and what did it? Was it the feedback from other people, or was it just you letting go? And, you know, like, just embrace, like, hey, I went through this. It's time to be a better me. Like, how long was that process um, of rebuilding yourself? I actually didn't think about rebuilding myself until I met my son's father. 
he was the one that ignited the change. Because okay. when he and I met, um, when I met him in Pittsburgh, he actually saw me, and I said, you know what, I can't stand it when dudes, they'd be treating us like we're some objects or something. I yeah. used to wear Daisy Dukes, I had a holder top, and I was wearing uh, stiletto <laughs> pumps. Oh, so he shit. came up behind me, slapped me on my butt, and he said, hey, Mama C, said, we're more clothes, and I'll treat you like a lady. I was oh, shit. pissed. Oh, boy. But he... But the one thing I will say, because I know women will get pissed and find it misogynist, I did not. Because through the years, before I met my son's father, nobody taught me the real truth. Nobody yeah. taught me taught me how to get respect. So when he and I met, trust me, I was pissed at him. I did not want to have nothing to do with him. But then there was something... I, could not stop thinking about him. He could not stop thinking about me. And mm. so he would tell me, when we finally got together and we decided to date, all I cared about was sex. I said, mm. I was taking off my clothes, and he was like, what are you doing? And I said, I want to give you whatever fantasy you want. I'll give you a threesome. I'll give you whatever you want. I do orgies. I do all of this. And that's, that's all you knew. That across from me. Yeah. And he was like, he looked at me and he said, what do you want? Because no one never asked me that. He said, what do you want? And I said, well, whatever you want. Damn. And he said, well, what do you think I want? And I said, I can do anything. And so I asked him, I said, what is your biggest fantasy? And he actually said to me, my biggest fantasy is to have my heart skip a beat when Damn. I look at that one woman that I want to be with. Oh shit! And first, was nice. Like, what are you gay? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse <yeah>. me. <laughs> wow, crazy. I, I was not used to that. Yeah, you, you didn't know. know. Yeah. I was not used to having a connection. Yeah. And so, and the funny thing was, he was like, he had tattoos up and down his arms. He was into biker stuff. He would bring me to a biker's club. I was so scared, but they treated me like family. Yeah. And he would tell me, he said, if a man loves you, he's not going to say, if you love me, do this and this and this. Right. That's a manipulator. He said, if a man really loves you, he's not going to want to share you with anybody. And he said, there's nothing wrong in jealousy as long as you have a healthy jealousy. Yeah. He taught me that. So then he said, why are you doing prostitution? Is it the meat? Is it the lifestyle? And so at that time, I said, no, it's what they did to me. He said, who is they? So I told him about my trafficking. And he said, do you know that you living the life of misery is only giving them power? Yeah. And I said, what are you, Mr. Fucking Rogers, all of a sudden? <laughs> and so he said, as hard as this may sound, he said, the best revenge is to become the success they can never imagine. 100%. And I, yep. in my mind, I'm thinking, that's never going to happen. I'm never going to be successful. And he was the one who taught I mean, you can do anything you put your mind to. Yeah. And I said, okay, I want to have a million dollars. It's not happening. And he said, no, no, it doesn't work that way. You have to work at it. And I said, why do I have to work at getting my life back when they were the ones who took it? Yeah. And he said, you're right. That's not fair. But at the same time, if you do nothing, it's not going to get you to success either. Mm. So I was like, uh -huh. damn it. So after he passed away, 
that's what made me wake up. Yeah. Because I didn't want, because I remember that small moment, even though we were together between six to nine months, that was the happiest moment I ever had in my life. Yeah. A, I, I never felt so much love. He would never call me a bitch. When we would get into an argument, he would literally just walk out. He mm. would literally walk out. I was the one that said, fine, leave you fucking Sounds like ass. Me. I hate you. <laughs> I, I don't want to be with you. You're nothing but a fuck. And he yeah. would look at me. He said, I love you. I love you. That's all he would say to me. Yeah. He understood you. He, he really loves you. That's, that's real fucking love right you know? there. Yes. Hell. I even wrote it in my book. I even shared that I used to be the type of woman that used to hit my men. If the men I would ask the men, Do you get to, uh, are you allowed to hit women? They're like, no. If they pissed me off, I punched them in the face. Damn. Until I ended up with a guy that punched me back. So after a while, I stopped. Yeah. And so now I advocate. You know, there was a post on Facebook when they showed The Rock, and this woman was hitting him, slapping him, beating him, and he didn't hit her back. And this woman said, "No, that's a real man." And I actually wrote back to her and I said, "No, that is a real man, but she's not a real woman yeah. because real women don't hit either." Yeah. And I'm not ashamed anymore. I'm at a place in my life where I am at peace. I'm at peace with the sins that I've created and the sins that I've done, but at, at least I'm doing something about it. Yeah. At least I'm turning my sins into something to give people opportunity. I'm teaching people what to be aware of, how to look out for things. That's just, and that, and that, so, that goes right. That, that was gonna, nice. I, I was going to ask that too. Like, even in this day and age, like, let me ask two questions. How, and I know you probably had no more about it than me or most people. How bad is that shit now? Like the whole sex trafficking thing, like how bad is it now just in America wise? It's growing. It's really growing. And as we look at, and according to the national crime statistic, 424,000 children went missing in America last year. God damn. Yeah. 424,000. What what would you suggest? The reported. Yeah. What would you suggest? What are the warning signs for, even if you're a, a teenager, a child, like a parent? What are the warning signs? Is it just uh, is it just general common sense of hey, watch, be careful, things. watch your fucking ass, or is there particular things that people can like have their fucking head up for? One of the things that I will say is that parents need to be parents. Quit being best friends with your kids. Yeah. If you got teenagers, you need to know the password. Yeah. They don't need to know the password. You need to set up the account. You need to get to create the password where they have to constantly ask you. I don't care about privacy. I don't care that they're 16 years old. I don't care that they are going to express themselves. Yeah. Because I get it. let me tell you this. If you look at how many kids that come from healthy homes, they are less likely to be vulnerable in trafficking than kids who don't have a good home. Now, the problem is it's not so much of nowadays with the Internet, parents that want to be best friends, they're putting their kids at vulnerability. Mm. But the other side of it is what we're not talking about, what about the kids who don't have parents? What yeah. about the kids that the parents are in and out of lockdown? The parents are prostitutes. 
they're pimping their own kids out. How do we rescue those kids? Mm -hmm. How do we enlighten opportunity for those type of kids? To kids that are latchkey kids. Because every program that offers after school, they don't have enough funding because they get shut down. Yeah. But then guess what? We've given our kids to the streets. That's where we need to make the change. That's yeah. where we, we, we need to start. Yeah, like me as a parent, man. Like parents, I have a podcast, my website, and even the TV series. We're going to show a story like our pilot is called Catfish. It was inspired by a real FBI case of a 15-year-old girl that went on MySpace pretending to be a boy, and she abducted an 11-year-old girl. What Mm. I did with that story in that case, I put it into my pilot, and I made it relevant to today, like Snapchat, Kick. Yeah, no, that's super relevant. Yeah. It's about this teenage girl that goes on this chat to meet vulnerable girls. And kids, parents, you need to listen to what your kids are saying in chat. You need to read the text because you have no idea how many FBI transcripts that I'll read from an eight-year-old girl that I read in a transcript in the FBI case. She said, guess what? My mom's on her fucking rag. She beats the shit out of me today. I want to fucking die. Damn. These kids are talking about the parents yeah. in the chat room. As a predator, they're going to see that as opportunity. Yeah, that's vulnerability. Easy. Yeah. So, like, easy. Watch what you your children are saying. Yeah. And, and instead of getting mad at them, maybe you need to redirect your anger and your disciplinary style. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I'm a I'm a parent too, and like, it's it's so many goddamn threats when it comes to kids. It's insane. So like I'm like when I have my kids with me because you know we don't live we don't live together. You know what I mean? Their mom have them and I have them, and then my mom will have them. But I'm I'm pretty sure I'm the overbearing parent. You know what I mean? Like I'm watching everything. Like stay in front of me when you walk, and don't be don't be yeah. fucking gazing that shit around you. You know like. Pay attention to me I where forward, I'm yeah. like, yeah, all this shit. Like I'm on it and it's it's constant. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But I feel like that's necessary. The one thing I do want to share. The one thing I do want to share, because when you look at articles about teachers, coaches, gymnasts, ministers, yeah, and how bro. they had access to your kids, one of the things that I want to share with people, when you hire people like that, they're not going to have a record. So Get that out of your mind. The way you need to do interviews. So let's say you are hiring a babysitter. I've talked about this. This is crazy. Ask yeah. them why they love kids. Yeah. And listen to the romance that they have about children. Yeah. If you hear, you know, guys in the locker room, the locker room talk. If you hear a guy that says, man, have you seen that girl, you know, and, and, and you notice that this girl is on Nickelodeon, and you're like, dude, you're 25. What are you watching Nickelodeon for? Yeah. And he says, oh, that 13 year old girl, she's fucking hot. Yeah, and yeah. You check him. Say, excuse me, she's a minor. She could yeah. be my daughter. And I don't, uh, uh, right, I don't I like that. talking about that. Yeah. So Jesus. The most important thing is when you're hiring anybody that's watching anybody's children, the most important thing is ask that person, why do you love kids? Even a woman. Yeah, why of course. Why do you think she loves kids? Because I'll be honest with you. I love kids, but I don't want to hang out with them. I yeah. Don't want to, you know, yeah. Trying to get. All the time. Yeah, I don't hang out with nobody you else's kids at all. Yeah, 
their pickup game. Can your kids come over and hang with my kids? Like, you don't have any. You know, and I'm not saying that adults who love kids are all predators. Of course not. That is not what I'm saying. But there are certain red flags. You gotta read. You gotta read people. If you have a teacher, so let's say that you have a daughter that's six years old. Mm -hmm. She comes home with an Apple Watch. Wouldn't that be a red flag for you? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. People who hate kids are less creepy than people who who love kids. Yeah. I don't lie. Like, it's crazy. (laughs) Real shit. Even when when it's a genuine care about kids, kids, you gotta, like... Yeah. Okay. Um, Joe, we're gonna... I'm, I'm gonna kick up a little bit here because I'm, I'm curious now. Like I said, we've talked a little. Where is Chong now? What is Chong all about? I got a whole like, I maybe got like four or five good FBS questions for you too about just your everyday. But <laughs> I know you're interesting. You're like Special life. K knows you're interesting. <laughs> what are you about now? With all you've been through, what? Who is Chong now? One of my favorite, um, I love flash. I love comedy. Mm-hmm. I've been watching uh, Lip Sync Battle. And I always yeah, say, if I, when I become, not if, when I become a celebrity, I'm going to go on that Lip Sync Battle. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I'm watching that That's shit. Goals right That's goals right there. That's fucking dope. <laughs> Hell yeah. You like comedy. I, what's what's I, your favorite I comedy? I love to try comedy. I would love to try stand-up comedy and share right. with people. Because I actually have some funny shit that I want to share with people. Funny shit, hell right. yeah! Who's your favorite comedian? Yeah. What's your What's your favorite comedy? Let's go! Let's go! Let's Kevin go! Comedy Hart. movie. Who, I'm sorry, who's <laughs> Kevin Hart. Oh Jay, hell yeah! Jay loves Kevin Hart staying up. Jay does not like Kevin Hart up acting. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Hart that. movie. Uh, nope. But Kevin Hart stand up. That's my dude. Yeah, hundred percent. It's like pure I jokes. Stand up comedy. Yeah. Have you seen any of his movies? I know you have. I have. I, I've seen um, the one with uh, Ice Ice Cube. Right along. That was the only decent one. Right with the movie. Uh, yeah. The cops. Like his movies suck ass. All right. Who's your favorite? Uh, uh, who's your? What's your favorite show? Like TV series, comedy wise. Like is it Community or like Always Sunny? Like what's your favorite at that level? The comedy. I like to watch anything from. Uh, Robot Chicken, Family Guy, um, Comedy Central. Anything Comedy Central. Um, they're coming Central out with a new one on Comedy Central called Southside. I actually wanted to see that. Is that have you seen the trailer? No, the I have Side High. She's, I heard that. Over this guy, she goes, "Damn, he's fine. I want to get me some." <laughs> and then the other cop goes, "Okay, you go get you some then." Hold you on, know? wait a minute. Is it a, is it two female I cops? Have fun. I don't like. I'm gonna see you know, that. PC. Right, yeah. It's it's called Southside, and it's coming on Comedy Central. Um, another comedy. I also like classic comedy. I like Chevy Chase. That was Steve my Martin. next question. I Chevy like, Chase. Yeah. Community. Yeah, that the was genuine funny. comedy. Like, uh, Old fashioned comedy. The only type of comedy I was not real big on is that, and maybe I I don't know. To me, I feel like when you have too much vulgar, you're taking away the suspense. Oh yeah, yeah. Labor vulgaring. See, I'm I'm a, I'm a big anti uh the the rom the rom coms, romantic comedies. I, I hate like those. Yeah. I can't fucking do it. Like I'm, I'm sorry. Not big on romance comedy either. I'm not a chick flick. I don't like Broadway. 
Um, I just want people to know that because I, I get my girlfriends are like, oh, we need to go see the chick flick. And I'm like, pass. <laughs> right. The type of um, TV series other than comedy that I like, I also like suspense thriller. I like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. thrillers are great. Procedural shows. Are you I a like horror those. fan? Do you like horror at all? Um, I like suspense or horror. Yeah, I like so suspense like, or I horror like too. American <laughs> horror. The American horror. <laughs> horror I story. I like um, that Black Mirror. To Black me, Mirror's that's dope. a little bit of horror and suspense. Yeah, yeah, it's bad for sure. A good plot and scares the shit out of you, then yes. Yeah. Now, if it's just a massive killing like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'm not big on that. Yeah. Well, like um. What's his no, name? The guy from Key and Peele. The guy from Key and Peele, he makes psychological thrillers. He made the movie uh, Us. Jordan yeah. Peele. And yeah. he made... Uh, like, was, I like yeah. Hannibal Lecter. I like Hannibal. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Hannibal, Hannibal is my favorite. And they canceled that too, but even the movies, Hannibal and is like my Dexter. favorite fucking villain. I like Dexter. Dexter's dope. Dexter's cool too. Dexter's yeah. dope. Dexter is pretty fucking yeah. dope. Dexter was brilliant, actually. Dexter's old school, too. I feel that's back yeah. like yeah. It was 2005 or some yeah. shit. Yeah. Right? I didn't know I was watching yeah. Weeds and Dexter at the same time. Hell yeah. Uh, what's I about to ask you? Uh, what are you watching now? Because we're big into movies, films. That That's our shit. What are you watching? Are you, First off, are you a Netflix or Hulu person? Um, I'm both. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. That's it. <laughs> You gotta have a balance. <laughs> you gotta have a balance. Okay. I also have um, this app called Vicky because it plays Korean drama. Oh and shit! Ooh, ooh. Drama called it's called Vicky Z I K I. Yeah. All English subtitles. And I was actually yeah, yeah. watching a TV series called Kill It. Yeah. And it's about these kids that were trafficked. They grow up to be adults. And they start killing the traffickers. Those revenge kill movies. I love. I those. like that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love revenge yeah. killers. The motherfuckers be dope as hell. I lo- you know, I <sighs> love sadistic, psycho, crazy ass shit. Oh, and check this out. One of my friends told me that when I get my TV series launched, she told me she said, "I think you should play the female tractor in your TV series." Oh shit! I'm thinking about using that role. Hey, you but, might as well. I mean, you you know it. I'm about like, to yeah, say, yeah, you, know you got everything you fucking need for it. <laughs> Shit. All right, let's go. Let's go you a different. Plan to dress up more like dark and goth type of look. So it's no like, one like, has ever seen me in that goth look before. You can be like goth. Uh, with, you can be like goth with lace type shit. Because old Madam's gotta have that little sexy. Kind of like I know exactly the look going I feel like going for it. It's a know, smart look. Well, I see it already. It's gonna be like a little. Korean Elvira bossing bitches around all night. You know what I'm saying? What'd you say? Maleficent or whatever. That oh, one yeah. 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 Like, Wasn't that like the angry Snow White shit? Yeah, like the angry, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. I'm going to turn, turn a corner with this because we're stoners as well. And, uh, okay. you know, how do you feel about cannabis? I want to use the word cannabis. Love you love it? <laughs> I love it. Do you partake? I can't wait till Texas legalize it. Hell yeah. So I got I got glucose. I got, <laughs> right. I got anxiety. Y'all, we all got all those things. That's what's right. awesome about it. They literally made the qualifications. I'm going with a notebook that day. Yeah, like like everything like, I see, I'm going with a notebook of things I can use. This oh, is my that. this is my the prescription. It's 100 pages. I, the only thing that I don't agree with, I don't believe that any pregnant woman should drink. Smoke cigarettes 
or get high. No, give the kids, give the child a choice. I believe that you do need to stay clean. Hell yeah. And whether you believe it's harmless or not, you don't know how that embryo is going to react. You don't know how that fetus is going to react. No, you don't. You don't. That's my only thing. But other than that, you know. But that's an easy rule to follow. Smoke up, everybody. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but since you, since we're there, uh, what's your favorite munchies? So, like, if you're fried, yeah, like if you're fried and you just have to have that one thing, it tastes so good. Like the guaranteed winner, Old Faithful, like a candy bar, or anything. You're gonna say pizza. I have to have my spicy fried chicken. Spicy fried chicken. Say what? I love spicy fried chicken. Is this homemade spicy fried chicken? Or is there some Popeyes? Oh, Popeyes. That sounds delicious. I might go to Popeyes tonight. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hell yeah. My favorite snacks I love to eat is I love um, Chex Mix. I love hot fries. I love fries Doritos. Good. I like hot fries. You know. Hell yeah. Hell I'm yeah. I'm a shit person. I like crunch. See, I just got fucking I just got fucking hungry as shit. What's what's your best <laughs> I'm something about Popeye. <laughs> what's, your, what's your uh what's your favorite way to smoke? If you do smoke, I don't know if you have or do, we don't need to tell everybody that. Favorite way to smoke. Would you go papers, bowl, bong, an edible? Uh how would you do it if you did it? All of the above. All of the above. That's a good answer. What's what's your first choice? If you reach out your hand and something's there, what would you choose? Party papers. Hell yeah. See, I'm a raw cone, man, so I can agree with that. We got fried chicken and papers coming. Like, we're all here, Uh man. We're all here. Smoke up, everybody. Eat fried chicken. One of my friends, he's a music engineer here in Dallas. Yeah. And he would tell me about him and Snoop. I begged him. I said, when Snoop comes into town, Oh my God! That'd be the what? best fucking shit ever, man. That's something you will never forget. That's a dream, bro. Snoop is like, like coaches you can get to a living Jesus. That's what I would say. Snoop is. Like, <laughs> that's, like that's, it's, 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 it's someone definitely cool. It's definitely cool. It's like you know what I mean. Like take Jesus, mix it with some Bob Marley, and you got Snoop Dogg. And this is the dopest shit ever. He's someone I feel like you could get caught smoking weed with, and anywhere, and it's like ah. Oh, that's Snoop. You guys have fun. <laughs> and like the other people just walk away. <laughs> Real shit. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chong, another random question. It's in our universe. Yeah. Uh, we had a little interview the other day, and we asked the same question because, you know, once again, we're in the movies, and I'm curious about this whole movie situation with Marvel. Now, do you watch the Marvel movies? Are you into those? The whole Avengers thing, Iron Man, all that? Um. I have watched a lot of theirs, but probably in not in chronological form. <laughs> yeah, I don't think nobody can do that. That might not be possible. <laughs> Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Didn't Texas, wasn't Texas, didn't y'all have the uh, the big mar- Marvel movie marathon down there somewhere? Like a day if before? Did, I wasn't invited. Yeah. <laughs> I heard about it. I thought it, was like, I thought it was like Dallas. They had a theater, and it was literally like a 13-hour marathon, and you got like two breaks in between. But that's beside my question. I see Dallas being huge. I could not fucking do that. But I heard Dallas is a dope place. (laughs) Like I'm never doing that. But my question is, um, are you tired of Marvel movies? The movie theaters. No, I'm actually 
I was actually sad that they ended it. I love all these answers. <laughs> this is great. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I would actually like to see more uh, Black Panther. Hell yeah. That goes. Yeah. I would also like to see more uh, minorities and diverse cast. Hell yeah. That's what I would like to see. Hell yeah. Get some more chocolate up in there. Uh, Hispanic, Asian. Do they have an Hispanic in Marvel? Um, the Green Hornet. Uh, what's his name? Like in in the movies that they release, is there a Hispanic guy? Oh no, I don't know. There's there's an Asian chick, the Asian chick in Guardians of the Galaxy. So we good there. You know, we got that cover. We got a couple black guys. You know, we got Batista. I don't know what the fuck he is. Greasy Italian. Yeah, or something. yeah he could be anything. I don't know, but uh, he's terrifying. Anyway, um, are you gonna are you gonna miss Robert Downey Jr. in the Marvel universe? Yeah. He yes. made it. And my goal is I plan to invite him to appear in my TV series. Invite I, us to. Invite us to. I bet Robert Downey has like swag to him. That's just funny. If you don't invite us when you meet Robert Downey or Snoop, this friendship's over. All right. Dag on it. Here's a promise I'm going to make for you guys. Once I get the pilot up and running, I'm going to invite you guys to come on set to interview some of our casting crew. That'd be fucking. That'd be sweet. That'd, that'd be that fucking fuck. love, Tom. <laughs> well, shit, that's a good surprise. We're friendly people. But uh, yeah, hell yeah. But yeah, we we had to take you into our world for a minute. I just wanted right. to see. Especially, you got anything particular you want to ask? Like, no, I, I found this whole thing interesting. Uh, I didn't even know, I didn't know the title of the movie, but I I'm like now to the point like it's Eden, and I like want to see it. Yeah, like I love the whole story. I just. I'm fascinated with information and just learning shit. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm one of these shy people that obviously could have easily been taken over as a child. I was just grew up in a place where nobody wanted to be in general. Yeah. So I just kind of lucked out on that scenario. But it's just great learning all this kind of stuff. Like, yeah. it's crazy to me. It's cool. That was a powerful statement, Special K. That was fucking more powerful than you thought. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I was going to watch the movie, too. And I'm kind of glad I didn't watch it before you actually told me the story. Cause yeah. I, like okay. hear, hearing it from you is it's like no yeah there's stuff like I feel like I know you held back saying it's like I know it's like oh I wouldn't watch this yeah and even, and even like even you even already corrected something in the movie you know what I mean and I'm like okay now now I can watch it from the source because I'm sure all of us watch shit based on true events and think like hey how much did they change or how much is different yeah. And you know what I mean? And yeah. I might I might use it as like a type of bibliography and like pause and text you like, all right, did this really happen? Because, you know, I don't know. Right. You know what I mean? But um, I think it's amazing to fucking be able to go through something like that, come out of it, and still have a fucking story to tell. Not, not shelter up, not close up, not run from the world, but let the world into yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. I think that's probably... Exactly. If there's ever a reason for bad shit happening, because, you know, they say everything happens for a reason, like, that's definitely it. You know what I mean? For yourself, it's for yourself, it's the reward of, hey, I know I can get through this shit. Hey, I know what I've been through. I know that even when it's over, it's never over. You're going to never, like, forget yeah. that drive. Like, you're gonna never going to lose that ability to live. Like, you know what I mean? No matter what happens. And the other side of that is you empowering other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like from even if it's not people that's been been in sexual sex trafficking, even people that's just been raped or sexual abused, like you give them the ability to be like, all right, I can talk about this shit. 
take tragedy and yeah. turn it into empowerment. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to fucking... Because the sad thing is, and you even said some people got into life, is that any abuse from anywhere, any type of abuse, most people pay it forward. Most people go yeah. on and abuse the next person. And that yeah. person abuses the next person because they never, they never got it off their chest. Exactly. Exactly. I'm a firm believer that you have got to deal with the issues. Yeah, Otherwise, man. if you hold on to that anger, you become the very thing you hate. Yeah, it eats I'm you. I'm a firm yeah. believer of that. Yeah, hell yeah. So, um, we're gonna wrap it up here, Chong. But I want you to one more time tell everybody you got the uh, what you're working on, where they can go to to see you, learn about you, listen to you, all that. So right now we're actually running a GoFundMe campaign for the every forty seconds. You can actually go to my website at www. I am com. We'll have it on the screen for you too. My welcome page, you'll see the GoFundMe video on the first page after my poem and after the trailer for Eden. Click on that. We're looking for donation because we're raising thirty-five thousand. Ten thousand is to create the scissor reel for our pilot. The other ten thousand is to pitch to investors so we can finance the. The pilot. Our pilot budget is eight hundred fifty thousand okay. for one episode, up to three million depending on what type of cast we get. Okay. So, cool. and when people donate, you'll see the perk. You'll get to be invited to our red carpet. You'll get to be invited to our wrap up party. We'll even send you a plane ticket and things like that. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely have that all this shit yeah. posted. You guys see it right there. Um. Anything else you want to make sure you get across? Because we don't want to get done. This is this is really important. Yes. I think, like we've never we're done nothing. What's called? We've we're never done anything doing that a was video challenge. Video challenge. We're actually doing a video challenge. It's called Every Forty Seconds Challenge. So you'll notice some of my friends have posted videos. Yep. The video has to be no more than one minute. I mean, no more. Yeah, no more than one minute. But you just do a selfie video or you can do a video with a friend saying why you support the Every 40 Seconds campaign. Then you challenge someone. So I challenge so-and-so to either donate $40 or do 40 push-ups or eat them or watch them eat 40 cookies. Yeah. They have to do the push-ups or do the 40 <coughs> challenge on video. You, they awesome. can't say, oh, I did 40 push-ups. No, you got to show that on the video. Then you challenge someone else to do something. Special K, and we going to smoke 40 joints. <laughs> yeah, we smoking 40 so joints, Chong. Hashtag the Every 40 Seconds campaign. It's hashtag Every 40 Seconds campaign. Yeah. So right. add that on your video. Got you. I got you for sure. Hell yeah. And we smoking 40 joints, Chong. You probably heard we'll that. We'll do something cool for it. We're going to smoke 40, <laughs> 40 joints. Have like a, a minute, like, Are you guys going to give me 40 puffs? Hell yeah. Are you 40 40 puffs? Puffs? give me 40 puffs? Oh, we can get all the stoners in on that shit. Yeah, we, we, got, we got a decent following right now. We can probably get 40 seconds worth of, like, 40 puffs for each part of different people. Oh, yeah, we can get that. Taking a hit? We're going to work on that. That's, uh, I'm going to have a busy fucking week, but I'm down. It's for a good cause. Yes. All right. Give us something to do anyway. Absolutely. Hell yeah. We're trying to build the momentum because if we get enough videos, I plan to send it to like Steve Harvey, Ellen, so that way people see our campaign. Ellen, Ellen will do that, that shit for sure. Oh, yeah. Ellen will be key. We'll be all about that. 
Ellen is like Ellen is like the white female Jesus. It's like so know. many. It's a couple <laughs> Jesuses right now. She's one of them too. You know, she dance when she come out. Yes. People, people love her. Man. They do what she say. Yes. She got she more power her. than the fucking president, I'm sure. But um, yeah. Chong, uh, it was fucking lovely talking that to you. Great. Um, I want to know if you'll come back for another show and just kick it with us with our Absolutely. topics right. and just, just sit here and out. talk some shit. We're like, cool. cause yes. you're fucking fun, dude. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Blast in the past. You know, and uh, if there's not any anything else you want to say, um, special K, if you don't have anything. Nah, it was a wondrous day. I had a good time. Wondrous day? Yeah, wondrous. You've never used that word, dog. Dropped it. it. A- uh, <laughs> you made them say new words. You made them say new words. That's how awesome you are. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been dope. It was definitely different. I hope y'all learned something. Um, and I hope you're all aware. Be a better parent if you're a shitty parent. I'm gonna say Pay that. the fuck attention. Uh, and, you know, treat people like people. You know what I'm saying? If, if, if we all just be nice, it would, like, alleviate a lot of shit. You know what I mean? The self-esteem thing, all, the, all that shit comes from just people just being assholes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It all starts somewhere. It's more to it than that, of course, but just generally being a nice, respectable motherfucker will help. You know what I mean? Try to walk in other people's shoes. And smoke some goddamn weed sometimes, guys. Eat spicy fried chicken. <laughs> Watch Netflix. You know what I mean? We having a problem. Just sit down, shut up, and get high. <laughs> Jesus, Lord. All right. But we out this motherfucker, <laughs> man. Right. Chong, out. nice talking to you. Special K, Hateful J, we out. Y'all be good. Later, later.